Being in Montreal, I, I said, okay, you know, let's let's see what it's about. Went in and uh, basically found out that it was Pornhub. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm David Allen coming at you from Boulder, Colorado. We have an interesting entrepreneur on the show today who was recommended to me by another guest, Matt Yanofsky. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's uh, up in the mountains. The air is uh, the air is nice. The weather is fantastic. And today ahead of me will be a day of uh, tubing the rapids, apparently. All right. Not too bad. <laughs> similar similar type uh, scenario to uh, to where I am. I'm located in Montreal, Canada. Nice. And, uh, you know, we got our mountains close by as well. Uh-huh. And uh, weather's pretty good. But awesome. uh, if you call me in six months, I will definitely be complaining about the cold. <laughs> well, I'm from uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, so I know all about oh, there you go. Uh, freezing cold weather. There um, you go. It's part of the reason why I'm here now. <laughs> my, my, my dad actually used to own a business in Winnipeg on Jarvis Street. Get out of here. Yep. That's awesome. There you go. So there's some Winnipeg connection. And I went to, I went to a Blue Bombers game once. Oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> Hopefully it was in the 80s. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not, not, I'm not that old, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive right in. What we normally like to do is start with sort of your superhero origin story. Now, you were referred to me uh, by Brian Switchko. It's, it's always it's always sorry to cut you off. It's always interesting when people uh, get in touch with me or get in contact with me, depending on who they were referred by. Right. Because I can only imagine <laughs> what experience they told you about, or who my connections are, or what I'm into. And the way that you're laughing, I have a feeling I know where this is going. But go ahead. Yeah. So Brian, he didn't really give me too many of the details because I think he wanted uh, us to explore uh, what, what you're into. But uh, basically. He said you were into some very interesting uh, work with some interesting markets. Right. And, uh, maybe give us a, sort of the backstory. How did you become an entrepreneur and sort of lead us from where you started all the way up to where you're at today? Okay. So uh, I'm 32 years old as okay. it stands today, getting older by the second, uh, <laughs> as we all are. Um, I, uh, I kind of got into the, the PR marketing world when I was like, you know, 16 years old and I had some friends who used to go party all the time. I'm in, I'm in Canada, right? So drinking yep. age is 18. You know that. Uh, although, was it 19 in Winnipeg? My no, name. it was 18, yeah. Okay. So some some provinces are different. Anyway. It, it was 19 in Ontario, I think. There you go, yeah. yeah. So I started seeing people, you know, we're spending money on a weekly basis. And, and instead of, you know, spending my own money, I was like, well, how can I turn this into something? How can I... How can I uh, make some money off of them, or how can I not pay for my drinks? You know, so <laughs> would start promoting, started bartending, uh, then went into the throwing parties game. Uh, I noticed in Montreal it was either the big fish or the small fish, nobody in the middle. Right. So I started doing that, and you know, I kind of really liked that world. Um, at the time, I went uh, finished college. I was in journalism originally, um, and then you know, got my my bachelor's degree in marketing, um, and figured, okay, it's time to be a big boy and get a real job. Um, so I went out and I worked for Canada's largest female retailer, uh, known as Reitman's or yes. Reitman's. Um, yes. you may have heard of it. See, the fact that you're Canadian just makes it so much easier for me. <laughs> no, 
what the hell we're talking about. But. No, exactly, exactly. But they've been around for 95 or so years. Maybe yeah. it's 100 now. Um, and I helped launch their uh, e-commerce and their PR strategy and marketing and stuff like that. Uh, so I worked there for, um, I think, two or three years. Three years, nice. I want to say. And uh, then I had uh, – so this is, this is what you're waiting for and what your audience is going to get <laughs> excited about. I had a random interview. A company contacted me and said, um, you know, we're um, – I forget what they even said, but it was something that intrigued me. And they said, you know, we have a position that we really think would work for you. Um, so, you know, being in Montreal, I, I said, okay, you know, let's right. let's see what it's about. Went in and uh, basically found out that it was Pornhub, like <laughs> Pornhub.com, that website that that you and me and everybody goes to to the tune of I think oh, no, they're at not, like not me. Not no, me. of course not, uh, to the tune of I believe seventy million people a day. Uh, right. They con- they contacted me. Um, we kind of had to sit down and, and I'll tell you, listen, I, I was never a big porn guy. I've never been the type of guy who knew porn stars by name or right. anything like that. I always watched porn, but like, you know, sure. I was more like, you know, the amateur world or whatever I can find, you know, <laughs> wasn't, uh, wasn't a porn connoisseur to say. Right. Um, anyway, so I went for an interview and I thought in my mind, like, there's no way in hell I could work for a porn company. You know, at the time I was married yeah. and, and I come from a, from a good Jewish family, you know, so <laughs> got to deal with mom on that. Yeah. Um, but basically sat down with them and they said that um, they're looking to take a taboo brand into the mainstream. Um, and I said, okay, well, what are the limitations? And they said, there, there aren't really any. So I said, so I could come up with like the wildest, craziest stuff and, and it'll be, it'll work. And they're like, well, you know, you'll have to pass one level of approval, but yeah. And I said, well, what's my budget? They told me my budget. And I was like, okay, I'm in. So went from working for a female retail company to a porn site. Um, <laughs> Now, how did they? How did they originally find out about you? Did they? Did they say? Um, I think it was just through LinkedIn. They okay. had uh, they had just found my profile. They have they have people who were actively searching for. Um, I was like I was like at the time I believe I was seen as like a catch because I I came from such a regular right. company like a known company. They're like, oh my god, we got the Reitman's guy, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but it was cool. I, I went in and, and and I'll tell you, within two months, I started and I think I want to say like November. Okay. The uh, the AVN Awards, the uh, Porn Star Awards, happen every year in January, and they sent me to those. And again, I knew nothing, like porn wise. I I, yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I'll tell you. I, am I allowed to swear on this show? Yeah, I you're just caught myself. Okay. The it it was a shit show <laughs> to see all these porn stars in one place and all these fans and everything. It just like it blew my mind. Um, <laughs> so that's that's kind of how it started. Wow. And. Um, yeah, that's that's how I found my way into this interesting world. Uh, from there, I worked for them for two years. Um, left left them last summer. Uh, you know, thought okay. uh, it was a great opportunity, but didn't didn't kind of want to be known as just the guy that that ran things for Pornhub. Right. Um, so I left them and I went out on my own. Uh, I started managing a couple of different clients. Uh, I have a porn star. I have a singer. Um, I consult for a bunch of different brands. I consult for a bunch of different celebrities. And basically, I just get to do cool and creative things these days with, with great people. And, you know, through, through kind of just all my trips down to L.A. and all the different projects I've done, I've met great people like Brian and uh, right. Brian, Brian being who referred me. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, we just click. And, you know, he does, he does some cool stuff and he works with some cool people, setting things viral, you know, videos yeah. on fire, stories and things like that. And I do the same. So we're very like-minded. And, uh, yeah, it's gotten me to this point. Of, uh, of just, you know, new relationships and networking and different things. And it brings me to shows like yours. 
Yeah, yeah, as it turns out, exactly. We're, well, Brian had sort of alluded to a, uh, one particular story. I don't even recall what it was, but when the word porn came up, I was kind of like, yeah, this this should be investigated because this uh, <laughs> you, you run into so few people, I guess, who are doing work, uh, you know, for that. Yeah, there's tons of people working in that industry, but you don't really ever connect. Like, I don't know any uh, porn stars personally, and I don't know any uh, people working in that industry personally. So it's very intriguing, I think, for uh, us uh, average people, if you will. And to, por- 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 porn stars refer to average people as civilians. Oh, civilians, okay. Yeah, that's that's something that, you know, because they're, they're on the same level as, like, the army and stuff. Right. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, you know, I was I was just like you. I had no connection, and now like some of my best friends are, I swear to God, porn stars who right. are real people too. People yes. often forget that. Yes. Um, just because they have sex on camera doesn't mean they're not real people. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And it's a lot, you know, being in uh, Canada and America, there's a lot of taboos around sex and then the porn right. industry and stuff. But yeah, it's a, it's a uh, basically internet is. <laughs> It's supported by the porn industry. I mean, it's the most successful industry uh, on the internet. And, and you know, that's that's why I partially why I had agreed to um, take the job with Pornhub, uh, knowing that it was taboo and knowing that I would paint myself into a corner or a certain corner or be seen right. a certain way when it comes to PR and marketing, which obviously I don't want. You know, I'm a professional yeah. and I want people to see me for the things that I do. Um, but Pornhub really, they were serious when they told me they'd allow me creative freedom. Uh, right. That happened, you know. So, like, if you if you Google Pornhub and click news and look over the last two years, you'll see different things like us launching a record label to a charity to through the record label. You know, I did a single with Coolio, nice. uh, did a, a music video <laughs> with like Waka Flocka. You know, we wow. did some like really cool things. We, yeah. we teamed up with a lot of different YouTubers um, and really just took advantage of the taboo name and used it for what we could to get the most amount of mainstream press out of it. And we did, you know, like yeah. I made press in, in like myself and my team during the time that I was there made press in 98 countries. Um, some of our stories got millions and millions and millions of impressions. It's awesome. it was really cool. It was a great opportunity for sure. That's sort of maybe take us back to that sort of first couple of days. So they, you go in to have that meeting you and they say, well, here's our budget and we're going to allow you creative freedom. And then you start to work for them where they're, uh, you know, things that you were you know, I, I can only assume there were some unexpected things that cropped up where you were like, oh, yeah, I keep forgetting I'm working in this industry now. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's weird because when you're in an office and I came from a very corporate structure, um, you know, even seeing Facebook on a computer is like that's the taboo in that type of office. Right. And now you're walking around and pretty much if there's not porn on people's screens, you're like, <laughs> why why are you not on Pornhub? <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't quite like that. They have an incredibly, uh, corporate environment. It was great, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. I walked in and, and, um, I remember the first, the first couple of days, my boss, um, who's the VP of Pornhub, uh, Corey Price is the name, uh, is his name. He wasn't in the office. So I believe the director at the time told me, okay, you know, so the instructions from Corey are for the first few days, just check out our websites, right. you know, they, we want you to learn the websites. And, you know, I, I looked over, it was Pornhub, it was RedTube, it was YouPorn, they had to say Peepers, which is like blog articles, and they just basically wanted me to check it out, you know, so that's that's what I spent my time doing, nice. um, just reviewing a porn site, which is like, <laughs> the it was the weirdest thing in the world for me to be doing while at work. Yeah, um, you're reviewing it for content and stuff, you know, like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it was it was just so odd, it was like I would come home and be like, yeah, so I just like 
was on Pornhub all day, and that that's what I did. Normally, that gets, um, that gets people fired. Normally, it, right, right, very quickly. Uh, but no, it was uh, it was really interesting. But you know what? In in looking at it, and then kind of analyzing our social media and analyzing how the media had previously covered Pornhub, um, I was able to help kind of create a plan, uh, a plan of attack that would get the mainstream, the top sites that we wanted to hit to right. cover our brand, you know, and kind of disassociated a little bit from porn. Right. Um, it's tough when porn is in the name. And again, when 70 million people a day go to that website, but you know, you do your best. And, and in doing so, I was really able to make the most of, of my opportunities and, you know, all my trips down to Los Angeles, I, you know, I alluded to it earlier, but networking was huge for me. Um, right. you know, I'll, I'll even tell you this past trip I went to, um, I was down there, oof, feels like a long time ago, but I think it was only two weeks ago okay. um, or a week and a half ago, whatever, when you and I were emailing. Yeah, so I went, I went to a party and it was just like an influencer party. Literally everywhere I stepped to and every conversation I had, it was like clicking to a different YouTube page and right. seeing somebody else who had, oh, this guy has 800,000 subscribers. Oh, I got to talk to this guy. He's got 3.1 million subscribers. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, was, this, and that's, was this, I'm curious, was this Ty Lopez's party? <laughs> yes, it was, actually. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, that's funny because I had two other friends and and two other people that have been on this podcast at that party. Yeah, it was it was a great party, I'll tell you. <laughs> I um, To be honest, I didn't I didn't know Ty Lopez before. I've uh, right. I've looked into his stuff since and his motivational speaking and all that. Yep. And I met him at the party, and he was a very nice guy, um, beautiful house. But yeah, definitely connected because it was like I'm telling you, clicking from page to page to page. I'm like, oh, I know that guy. Oh, I've seen this guy before. Hey, <laughs> hey, we should talk. Yeah, you know, that's cool. So yeah, real interesting, real yeah. interesting. And and now it's kind of taken me into that world where. I'm dealing with a lot of these people. Um, you know, like I work with, um, I work with this guy named Aria, uh, who has a channel called simple, sexy, stupid, and that's on YouTube. Okay. And he has about 800,000 subscribers and he picks up girls and it does some pranks and stunts and different things like that. And you know, people love him. He's right. a great kid. And so he's somebody that I'm now working with. Um, he wants to kind of enter the music world. Nice. Um, and he has some talent, you know, so it's, it's all about figuring out how we get him there and how we build that persona and the profile and, you know, get him the same type coverage that, that I would get any big brand, you know, right. you got to treat each, each individual that way. Right. So when you first went into Pornhub, like it's obviously a massive, uh, company, uh, with all, like you said, all sorts of different brands and, and the sort of tentacles, if you will. Right. Uh, how did you wrap your brain around that in terms of like starting to, you know, shape a, a, a PR campaign for this, for this, you know, corporate entity that has its, uh, like you said, a taboo sort of, right. uh, uh, so, you know, known for its taboo-ness. So it was, it was first, it was really interesting to find out that Montreal was like the epicenter of the porn world, which I had no idea of before. That's news to me. Right. So, and I don't know that they might not be happy that I said that. <laughs> I don't think they publicly talk about it, but, uh, well, yeah, they, they, dead, we'll know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or if I do, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, Pornhub did it. Uh, they uh, no, they have a, they have an office of a thousand people. Um, the um, the parent company's name is MindGeek, and uh, they own all the the brands within it. Um, and yeah, it's it's real interesting because they 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 do run themselves like legitimate business, um, which is surprising because you've heard all like or I don't know if you have, but I did research on the porn industry, and you hear all these stories about just how awful things can be and how people are treated and this and that. But, you know, Pornhub, MindGeek, for the most part, they, they act like a, you know, like a Fortune 500 company. Right. They're just 
I mean, for the, like, they're making that kind of money. You know, they're getting those kind of views. So right. why not act like it? Yeah. Well, you want to grow your brand and stuff too. You gotta gotta act like a company. Well, and they're smart, right? When they yeah. wanted to, when they when they realized that they wanted to hit the uh, the mainstream, Pornhub was really the the brand that that we kind of took the charge with. You know, right. like we've done we've done some different things with like UPorn. We we launched like UPorn Sports and Team YP in the esports world. Uh, UPorn okay. had signed a wrestler named Joey Ryan. Okay. Um, yeah, that's something to look up. Very interesting. Nice. Um, but yeah, so Pornhub was really the the company to take the reins with. They were the the ones who received the most views and kind of most brand recognition. And um, we just we needed to take advantage of what was there, you know, right. the the number of people and and things like that, you know. So one of the first things that we did, and they continue to run it today, was uh, launch something called Insights. Okay. Um, Pornhub.com slash insights, I believe is what it is. It's been right. a while since I officially worked there. Um, where they take all the analytics of the people coming to the site and they tell you about it. So oh, the wow. best example the best example that I love to use was the Super Bowl a few years ago with uh, Denver and Seattle. Right. When Denver was down, I believe, three touchdowns at the half. Right. Um, you saw the traffic in Denver spiked. Like everybody <laughs> said, fuck this game, and they oh, went to Pornhub. Oh, oh yeah. But in Seattle, the traffic stayed incredibly low until like three hours after the game. So it's like they watched the game. They saw the, the trophy come out. They saw the speeches. They had the celebrations in the streets. And then they went home to take care of business on Pornhub. So. Well, you must have some really, I mean, unique. I worked in there for a couple of years. You must have some really unique insights into the behavior of human beings. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that, to be honest with you, that's, that's the craziest thing that I've realized. And I've realized this in being friends with a lot of girls, right. um, basically just how strong and passionate porn fans are. Right. Like some, some of these guys and girls just really love their favorite porn star to the point where they'll right. spend a ton of money on them. Yeah. And it's really, it's really an interesting, interesting world. One it's that you wouldn't vicarious thing almost. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, people people follow me on Snapchat, um, like my friends, and they think that I live like the coolest, most glamorous life <laughs> half the time, you know, because yeah. I'll be snapping. I'll be like, you know, I'll have Coolio in it one day or Waka Flocka or this right. porn star in the next. And then the other half of the time, you, you'll just see like my dog being snapped. Yeah. And so all those people that follow me from like the porn star accounts, like just they threaten to kill me and stuff. <laughs> Where's the porn stuff? Yeah. Yeah. They just want the porn stars. But, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm in Montreal. If they want to pay for me to go to L.A. on a regular basis, I'll snap porn girls all day long. <laughs> That's pretty funny, Matt. You know, uh, I think it's just very interesting to hear somebody who is in such a unique it's such a big industry, but then it's, you know, you never just never get to talk to people who are in it because it's got its own sort of thing. And then the most of the general mainstream people at least pretend to stay away from it. Uh, well, yeah, that's, you know? it's, yeah, that's definitely, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll go back a little bit. They sent you to that first AVN awards and this is like a, it's like an Oscars for porn stars. Yeah. Let, let me, let me just, sorry. I just want to cut back to something you just said. Okay. All these people from politicians to musicians to anybody who pretend that they don't like porn stars or the, oh my God, I would never touch a Pornhub brand. Right. I'll tell you, all these guys have relationships with these girls. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> from me, go look up, go look up like Sydney Leathers, for example, and, okay. and her situation with like, uh, uh, who was it? Anthony Weiner. Okay. Is that who it was? Yeah. Okay. And uh, anyways, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm not going to name drop anybody else. That was right. public. But like, yeah. you know, from athletes to celebrities to whoever, um, 
Yeah, they, yeah, they definitely know the porn world. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's the dark little secret. Yeah, I mean, not even not, so dark with some of them. It's yeah. starting, people accept it at this point, and it's just like, who cares? Yeah, I'm hanging out with a porn star, big deal, you know? Yeah, I think it's getting more traction, mainstream traction, probably in some part, thanks to you, uh, the last couple of years anyways. I mean, look, if I, this is a very weird statement to make, but if I could have in some way helped the porn world or the porn community or whatever, then I'm happy to have done so. Yeah. Because like you said, there are people too, and I think that often gets forgotten. Well, and, and you know, that's that's something I, I don't think I got into this with you yet, but that's something in working with Alex Lynx. Um, so she's the she's the porn star that I manage, her mainstream image. Um, she's, we, I found a way to kind of find a story with her. And that's what that's what you have to do, you know, with, with anybody. And this kind of just ties back to the PR world and, yep. and how you get people attention. You know, I started working with her when I left Pornhub. Her and I were friends before that, but right. I was kind of impressed the first time I met her. She she spoke very business-like and business-oriented, right. which, you know, not all porn stars are like that. Not right. all business people or celebrities are like that. So it was like a breath of fresh air almost. She was very driven. She had goals, whatever. Once we started working together and talking, I, I kind of found the stories deep inside her. Oh, that was a bad pun. Did not mean to do that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I found the stories, uh, one of which was she, you know, she's very educated. She had a bachelor's degree in marketing. She had an MBA. She worked for a, a very good marketing firm. And one day she just woke up and said, you know what? My sexuality is something that is very important to me. And I want to go to L.A. and be a porn star. And she she kind of just made that move, you know. So in working with her, I found that was the angle that we needed. So. I was able to get her a co-exclusive in Cosmo and Esquire, um, where it was just kind of just details on how she made that move and what it's like to go from normalcy to porn. Right. Um, and in doing so, that story blew up to like 600 stories in 60 countries, and her social media numbers are like insane now. Like, her Instagram went from 25,000 to I think she stands at 155,000. Oh, wow. Her her Snapchat went from non-existent to now we're at like 275,000. Wow. And it just it just goes to show that like, you know, you have the porn fans, but if you find a way to hit that mainstream properly, then you could bring in a whole nother world of people, right? Um, simply for your personality, which is great. Well, maybe talk about some more of that uh, stuff that maybe people can out, you know, out in our audience, who uh, most likely aren't porn stars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would guess, uh, maybe not. Uh, can apply to their own businesses, their own solopreneur careers and stuff about. You know how to drum up some of that excitement and uh, and some attention for themselves. Well, I think I think depending on your business, there's always different ways of doing it and different ways of going about things. You know, you got to just find the unique angle and you got to find some way to interest press or interest people to talk about your story. Um, you know, oftentimes people will create great content but then have no way of pushing it out or nothing nothing really to associate it with and and that's that's often the difficulty you know there's there's great stories out there but there's so many great stories that it's like reporters need to pick and choose you know and then the the top thing that that I would advise too is just don't be too self-promotional because you know reporters and journalists in general read through that and they hate that uh, so you guys all, you, you always need to find your unique angle um, and yeah i guess each brand is different but you know if you're working with one brand that's taboo, for example, like porn or gambling or things like that. Right. I personally, in a lot of the projects that I do, I don't like to use sexual elements, you know, right. or, or use gambling type elements. You, you kind of, you separate the brand. The brand right. needs to be able to stand on its own as well, you know? Yeah. So when you hear, when you hear like Pornhub, 
you'll be able to, oh my God, they've done some great things, Pornhub Records, and they've worked with this person and that person, whatever, great. But they also think, you know, hey, they're a porn site, you know? But let their first thought be the cool stuff that people are doing, or, oh shit, I just saw that viral video, it's at like six million, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's very very interesting. Now, you mentioned uh, earlier in the show that you have a wife. Had. Had Fast wife. Okay. This may be an even more interesting story than I first imagined. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that's it's not it's not that interesting. I don't believe. I mean, in retrospect, maybe it had a tiny bit to do with uh, those type of trips, but right. I uh, no, unfortunately, that didn't work out for my own reasons. Now, but uh, at the time, though, I mean, you were married when you started working for Pornhub. Yep. Was it already on the outs, or was it? You know, was your wife like, wait a second, who are you, who, do, who are you interviewing with today? Yeah. So she. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't like uh, that moment in time. I guess kind of just slipped past because then it just led to my quote unquote future. Right. Um, I I don't imagine she was super upset when I said, "Hey, I'm going to work for Pornhub." I'd imagine she was a bit more upset when I said, "Hey, I'm going to the Porn Star Awards in Las Vegas for four days or five days or whatever right. it was." Right. And then I I guess uh, you know. I, <laughs> so I was going to say we could bring her on and ask, but her and I don't talk, so that would just make it real interesting. Um, but yeah, I would guess that, uh, you know, there must have been some jealous moments, although I can, I can honestly say that I did not do anything bad while I was married. Right. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought to wrap around because yeah. at the end of the day, I, I doubt that you would want your, your spouse to be in a situation surrounded by people that have sex for a living. Right. Um, but the good thing, the good news for her was that I was in an office in Montreal the majority of the time. Right. Um, you know, on the phone, just trying to push brands and talk to celebrities and journalists and this, that, and the other. So, right. you know, I think it's more of the the um, the thought of it is a lot scarier or bad than it actually is. Now, uh, when it comes to you know being in this world now, and you're sort of, I mean, you're still kind of in the world. You've moved, moved on from Pornhub, but you still have clients. You know, like you said, uh, the lady did the Cosmo thing for. Right. What are some of the more surprising and counterintuitive things about working for a taboo industry? Like, we, you know, I think people listening to this are probably thinking like, oh, porn, and they think they know everything about it. But I'm sure there's a lot of very mundane and sort of, you know, becomes normalized when you're in that uh, environment day after day working with those people. But what are some counterintuitive things that maybe shine a different light on that on that industry? Well, I, I mean, at the end of the day, porn, porn people do not, like porn girls specifically, do not make a ton of money and people think that they do. Um, that's why, that's why you need to really be business savvy to really make it in today's world because at the end of the day, sites like Pornhub and tube sites that don't charge anything are what make all the money through their ad revenue. Right. Um, and that doesn't go back. There's no trickle effect. Doesn't porn star. Girls, right. No, I mean, Pornhub is smart and they've introduced like some programs like the amateur program or they call it the amateur program where they want porn stars to submit videos like their own videos and maybe them with a boyfriend or them right. like an exclusive scene and things like that to kind of give back and then there's a way of them making some money but otherwise people are just paid per scene you know and it's yeah it's it's real interesting it's 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 a totally different world than you'd expect and you know i don't want to ruin like the whole image of porn for people but like right. you know there's not to say that there's a ton of quote-unquote acting that goes into things which you know there, there's some of right. you know there are those type of scenes but you know to do a porn shoot like you're on set for let's say eight hours a day 12 hours a day right. um you're shooting pictures you're shooting scenes you have to be on command for things like that that's an interesting world that's an interesting thing to think of yeah 
Um, something else is just how they're viewed, you know, and how porn in general is viewed, you know, like it was very difficult in the early going to try and get mainstream brands or celebrities or people to, to work with Pornhub. Right. Um, with them, yeah. yeah. Or even to like write an article on them at the time, you know, like right. when we first started out, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Like, you know, people were, Oh, Pornhub. No, definitely not. Um, so we had to get to a point where I had to convince people the benefit of it, you know, and, and one line that I would constantly use, and this could be, this could be for any, cause I've used this in a ton of different situations, but use the brand, use them for who they are and what they are, you know, take advantage of what you can. So like understand that, when working with Pornhub, you're going to make press. You know, we're right. going to come up with creative angles, and and we're going to be able to make some press. So that was something to sell people on. Like, you know, my conversations with Waka Flocka before we did a music video together probably were like six months long. Right. You know, of like me talking to him, to his manager, um, to his like production people, to his PR firm, to this, that, and the other, <laughs> right. trying to really just say, hey, take advantage of this world. Don't be afraid of it. And he's Waka actually is somebody that that I really enjoy working with because he's somebody that is not afraid of stepping out and doing something in that world, you know, in yeah. whether it be weed, whether whether it be porn, whether it be alcohol, whether it be vapes, whether whatever it is, he takes PR risks and it works out for him. That's kind of how how he's built his brand. Right. Um, so again, it all comes down to taking advantage of what's there and what's in front of you. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. The, the you know. You, People that people tend to build these sort of viral uh, followings and people get behind the most are these people who are sort of have, uh, I mean, they're brash, they're out there, but they also have, you know, they're not afraid to associate and take some risks. Well, and that's what, that's what you need to do in today's climate because there's so many people out there trying to be famous and so many right. people that become quote unquote famous. Like, look, there was just a movie that came out called Internet Famous. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, like, I know, I know a ton of the people who were in that, YouTube stars and whatever. Right. And these people for all intents and purposes, are famous for being famous. It's right. almost like the Kardashian syndrome. Yeah. You know, some of them some of them are, are more intelligent and funnier and whatever than others. Sure. Like there's one in particular who I've who I've worked with before named Amanda Cerny. Okay, um, I know that is. I, I, so I think Amanda's path is was genius. You know, she took her looks, I think she had initially done a shoot or something with Playboy and that's how she started out. Then she right. took it to modeling, then she took it to Vine. The thing about her that differentiated things was she wasn't just another pretty face being like, hey guys, this is my bikini, check it out. Right. She's actually funny, you know? Yeah. She's got a little bit of comedy to her. She's got a little bit of smarts to her. And then the genius part about her and all of her friends, if you follow any of her stuff, is like her and Lily Pons and King Batch and all these guys, um, they all live in the same building. They're all best friends right. and they all help build each other's channels. So like Amanda, I think on Instagram has four or five million followers. Like Lele has five or six. King Batch has like eight to 10, like right. million. Like it's crazy, you know? It's so nuts. it's, it's all about, again, taking advantage of what's there and who's there and your friends. And you know, if there's <laughs> kind of in today's world, you just, you got to just go for it. You know, you, you can't just sit back and hope that things are going to come to you. You got to really go above and beyond to get there. Now, if uh, people are sort of listening to this and they're like, this guy, you know, is a, a PR specialist. What sort of, uh, is there any resources uh, when you're first getting into this that you might want to mention? Or if people are more interested in getting a, you know, a sort of a, a primer on, uh, on PR and stuff and such like that. Is there some resource you'd recommend to them? I mean, I would just, if for anybody who's looking to develop their business or brand, uh, just do your research and understand what in your realm makes press, what, what gets views, um, and then take advantage of that. Nice. Um, 
you know, they can always hit me up on Twitter at Matt Yano PR, M-A-T-T-Y-A-N-O-P-R. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's just, it's really just understanding and working with the right people and having the right partners and pushing the right stories, you know, and sometimes you can come up with that on your own. Sometimes you need the help and, you know, myself or, or one of several marketing professionals around, I'm sure would be able to uh, help push people in the right direction. That's awesome. Well, I think you've, uh, you've given a lot of value here today. It's fun to uh, talk to somebody who's in a completely different, uh, you know, has been in a completely different field for a while and has some interesting, uh, interesting stories to tell. That's, uh, sure. oh, thank you for coming on to the show. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. No problem. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. Hang on the line for a second. Got a couple more questions. Uh, for everybody else listening to this, uh, tune in next week and we'll have somebody exciting just like Matt. Maybe not quite as exciting as Matt, but but, uh, but someone of that same ilk uh, next week on the podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to become a well-paid freelance copywriter so you can live life on your terms, check out my webinar on how I get paid up to $10,000 to write simple, fun emails. And I'll even show you how I got started with no experience, no connections, and no formal writing training. To get the training, go to www.themcmethod.com slash webinar. That's www.themcmethod.com slash webinar. Yeah,